Wasn't it good to have the youth lead us this morning in communion, the young people? You know, our family Sunday, which is the last Sunday of every month where the kids don't go out, we want to see our kids and our young people take more and more ownership um, in those areas. Amen? That's really important. We're making another couple, another couple of changes as we go forward. Hands up who was encouraged by Adrian's message last week. Okay, only some of us. We, maybe we should play it again. Jump in the river. May's already listened to it twice, okay. Kathy's listened to it twice. Sometimes it's good to listen to it, to, it, to it again because you get something out of it that you didn't get the first time. And if there was anyone here that wasn't here last week that didn't hear it, you probably should hear it. One of the things, it was really interesting because when we were in worship, I actually had a prophetic word stirring up in my spirit and I thought, no, I can't really say that because people might misconstrue it in the wrong way. But then she actually got up and said it when, when she first started. And I was like... Whew. And what it was, was that people, there's people that are on the banks of the river, that are on the fringes, that are still haven't jumped in. And that's what I've been feeling in my spirit. There are people that are just watching others worship, watching others minister, watching others go deeper with Jesus, but they haven't jumped in themselves. You can see the river flowing and maybe it looks a bit weird at times because you go, what is that person doing? You know, but reality is, we called to jump in the river, the river of life, the river of life. That came out on Friday night in Friday night prayer. You know, take us to the river. Take us there in unity to sing a song of our salvation, to win this generation for our King. Because the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon us. This is the year of the Lord. And maybe you need to declare that over your life today. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. Come on, you can declare that over yourself. It's a biblical truth. You see, come on, you can, come on, declare it. Come on, declare it. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon you. This is the year of the Lord's. Did you know we live, we live in this is the year of God's favour. This is the year of salvation. That's what it says in uh, uh, Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. It says, now is the time of God's favour. Now is the time of salvation. If that's not something to get excited about, I don't know what is. Over the next, with every week going forward from now on, we want to give space for testimonies every week. But we only want testimonies that are now. Someone says, you know what, I had a bung shoulder during the week and I was and God healed me and God touched me and I was I was healed. Someone that's had a God encounter, we just we want to keep it fresh. What it, what Adrian was saying to us is that, you know, is is to protect the river. And sometimes we get a little bit fluffy. We just want what God is doing. In a sense that we want him to get all the glory. Is there anyone here this morning that has got a quick testimony of healing? Heather. So, sorry, this is not my fault. Debbie's pointing at you. <laughs> yes, okay. Debbie's going. We test, testify of whatever you're going to testify. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. can do that.
So, um, so over the last few months, I've experienced many challenges in my life like I've never, ever experienced before. But God continues to bless me in so many ways, and um, I just thank him every day for that. Um, recently, I had a couple of hearing tests and was told that um, I had significant hearing loss um, and needed hearing aids. So um, I went for healing prayer with Bruce um, and Sonia, and um, I went back and had a retest, and I had perfect hearing. Yeah, so God gets that glory. <laughs> um, I've also <laughs> recently just been diagnosed with an aggressive bone disease um, and I'm continuing to have healing prayer. I've got a couple of groups of prayer warriors that um, uh, pray for me and it's awesome. Um, so I had some scans last week um, and it just showed amazing improvement. Um, some of the surgeries that they had recommended, I don't need anymore. Come so, on. Um, and I just want to say, and I'll be really quick in this, is that I'm really grateful for these trials in a lot of ways um, because it's because of these challenges that I've become closer than I ever have to Jesus. Um, I'm also grateful that I'm part of a church family who practices love in action. Um, you've been an incredible support in prayer, um, encouragement, and also in practical help. And I'll be forever grateful for that. Um, I still have moments when it's incredibly hard, um, but this season has lit a fire in me huh. to chase after God like I never have Ooh. before. Um, his compassion, his love, his kindness is unlike anything the world can ever offer. Um, I know I've still got a long way to go, but I'm doing it holding his hand. Um, it says in Isaiah, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Amen. Woo. Bless you. Anyone else got a testimony of God's healing touch or breakthrough? Oh, Maisie. Good girl. Turn around, face them. When I was riding my scooter, I fell off my scooter and I bumped my knee. I asked the Lord, Lord, please help my knee, and he helped my knee. <laughs> Joni, did you want to share something? Okay. Thank you, Tim. On Friday night, um, after the meeting was finished, well, it's never finished, is it? Anyway, um, someone asked for prayer and um, Bruce came and prayed for that person. And then I thought, oh, I've got a sore knee. Mm. And I asked the Lord to work through Bruce to heal my knee. Well, I can tell you 
I haven't had any severe pain since. And that is a miracle. That is a miracle. Amen. Just to add to that, uh, Joni's left shoulder blade was jutting out from her back by some degrees. She had an accident years ago and it was sore and painful. So I prayed for that as well. And her shoulder blade sits flat on her back where it's supposed to be right now, pain-free. Amen. So every time we get together, we, we, we give God the glory, amen? And what does it do to our faith when we hear what God is doing right now in people's lives? Even in the midst of the battle, even in the midst of the circumstance, you know, God is at work in people's hearts. God is at work in people's lives. It says in Scripture that not, that not everything that happens to us is good, but God will use it for good. Is there an amen to that? Not everything that happens is good, but he will use it for good. Amen? Is there one more? And we're going to get into a bit of a word today. Megan's... Oh, okay. We've, that's all right. It's about my dog. Your dog? It's oh, about yeah. my dog. I suppose God created dogs, yeah. <laughs> and he likes them. <laughs> and he, yeah, he made him so beautiful. Um, my little dog, um, a multi-poo mixed breed. A multi He was multi-poo. Multi poo. Maltese and poodle. Okay. <laughs> um, he was mauled <laughs> as. <laughs> um, as we were going for a walk, um, he was. We were almost home and he was mauled <laughs> by a pit bull. So he's like this in this massive, vicious dog. Got him. And he had. Um, Two across his back, he had two big um, bite marks and um, some bruising and stuff underneath. And um, we just sort of treated it. And over a few days, he was just terrified. But there was a swelling came up, um, probably about the size of a tennis ball. Um, and I just prayed. I just said, Lord... Um, just, I just ask you to heal that, just d dissolve that swelling. If there's any infection has come, Lord, we just dry up that infection in Jesus' name. And within a couple of days, he, it's all gone. And he's so happy. <laughs> he's fine. He's, he's not terribly traumatised now. <laughs> Amen. God is so good. He is so good. Well, my story is a victory and death story. A beautiful young lady named Shani, we met on the streets probably over a year, two years ago. <clears throat> anyway, we led her to the Lord on the streets. Then when the Hope Evangelism team came, her and her partner went along to that and we saw them there every day. They were being ministered to. The enemy still had a hold of them, didn't quite let go. And um, she actually, um, we don't know whether it was suicide or whether it was an attempted murder, but anyway, she was um, in a very, very awful situation at the end of that <coughs> in palliative care. And um, so they didn't expect her to live um, Everyone was speaking death over her 
but we were speaking life. We were speaking life and I believe that God held her life on so that we got to minister to her at the end. We got to lead her in a salvation prayer and she was blinking, 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 blinking in response to that. She opened her eyes right at that time and whilst we were praying before that, through that time, prayer saw a flash of light blinking under her sheet, white light. And when I went over to the other side of the bed, there was a pool of red light on the floor under her. So I really feel that Jesus has a victory over death. And it grew me so much. It grew me. Going to the hospital, I thought, Lord, how do I pray for a person that's nearly dead and dying? You know, what, what do I do? And I just trusted the Holy Spirit. And we were just so led by the Spirit. Prayer, I'd hear something and we'd pray that. I'd hear something and we'd pray that. So we're completely led by the Spirit. So it's really grown me in boldness to never give up, to just keep praying, keep believing. And it's also a testimony of the whole body working together. You know, there were many praying for her, for her life and interceding. But, you know, we, we don't understand God's ways, but his ways are perfect and he turns everything to good. And her mother, she hugged me so tight and she knew that we were ministering love to her daughter and she asked us which church we were from. So who knows? I reckon she's going to step into this church. Yeah. Anyway, praise God for everything. Amen. Thanks, Amen. Amen. Oh, Sylvia, you want to share? I just want to encourage you all how much God loves every one of you. Never, ever give up, as that precious lady said. Hang on to your prayers and for healing and your dreams and your deliverance, everything. God has his perfect timing for each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. True. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, there's more. Oh, more. Okay. Come on. Oh, Beck, you got something too? Come on then. Oh, that, that's the way. Running. <laughs> Woo! Um, I yeah. thought you were going, amen. Amen. Oh, yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> um, yeah, so a couple of weeks ago at church, um, Sonia and Tim were praying about breaking off fear and anxiety and... That's something which I'd struggled with for a long time. But, um, yeah, just since then I was like, okay, God, I renounce this fear, I renounce this anxiety. And I really sense just peace and I haven't had that same fear or um, stress since. Come on. Woo! Go, Emma. I just wanted to encourage people that God... God encourages um, through dreams, I think, I believe. Um, I was um, 
praying in my dream over my brother um, and he was he, he was lifeless he was all he was gray around the eyes and the mouth his name was Tolkien. and um, I was talking in tongues over him and he came to life like his eyes were fluttering and he began breathing and sat up um, and I woke up from the dream and I thought that was bizarre don't often have dreams like that, especially my brother, we don't talk. But I decided to ring his partner and I called Amanda and she told me that Adam had nearly died and he had uh, blood poisoning, uh, septicemia from having an oh. ingrown hair. And, um, and he was, she said, in the hospital bed, he was um, grey around the face and he, oh. he came, he had, was, had an antibiotic drip because the infection went um, through his liver to his heart and um, around the time when I had the dream, he had the mind pulled out of his heart. So wow. I was just so grateful <laughs> for Jesus that um, sometimes maybe, you know, um, God can work through us more powerfully in our dreams. Yeah, thank you. Amen. Awesome. Who feels encouraged by them? It's good, isn't it? And we've got more. That's why it's like, why do we wait for four weeks' time? We just give God the glory, amen? So God, we just yield to you in this moment as we open your words together. We thank you. We put aside every distraction, disruption. We yield to you. Fill us afresh with your spirit, O oh God. Have your way in us, God. For your glory and your glory alone. Amen. We've got a bit of a uh, a bit of an extra, well, everything's a blessing, but we've got a bit of extra blessing for you shortly in that um, Kathy and Danielle are going to minister to us in song. And they were just running through it before everyone got here and the anointing was so strong. Because I believe on the back of the short little word that God's given me today is that um, he wants to break some things off some people. I really believe that. He wants to break some things off. So we just, I'm just going to talk for a little bit about prayer and worship from a kingdom point of view. Because we're, because we're in a time of consecration. Never really stops, but sometimes there's just heightened times where the Spirit of God is just drawing, He's just wooing people into a place that we haven't been before. You know, it is a time to leave old ways behind. You know, I've been really blessed by so many people, so many elderly people in my life. One of the couples that I've been was so blessed with was a couple called Mike and Sarah Davis. They'd been missionaries overseas. They'd served God in Africa. They'd been pastors. They'd been administrators of a, a of an international denomination. You you know, you say it. They'd probably done it. They're in their eighties and they're in the church that we were pastoring, 
you know, and they just used to stand literally either side of me and said, whatever you need, let us know. You know, we've, we just want to see everything that God wants to see come forth. And I thought, wow, they, didn't, they, they never tried to make things like they were 30, 40 years ago. They never tried to relive their past, but they said, we believe that God is leading you forth and we want to encourage you in that. And that is a priceless thing. Because sometimes, and I always think to myself, I don't want to be one of those, that I try and relive my past. When I'm 80 years of age and I'm encouraging others, that I wouldn't try, try to get them to do what I always did. You know, that I, wouldn't, that I wouldn't expect the move of God that happened 30 years ago to be the same thing today. You know, it's, it's really priceless. And it's really important for all of us, particularly anyone who has, you know, been brought up in church, that we've got to leave the old ways behind and we have to allow the Spirit of God to lead us into the, into the deeper waters of the river that Adrian was talking about last week. Is there an amen? That hunger and thirst. It's okay to be hungry and thirsty for more of God. It's okay. Paul said, I have learned to be content in all circumstances. He wasn't talking about his relationship with God. He was talking about his finances. He was talking about his housing accommodation. He was talking about his job. He was talking about this kind of stuff that he was going through. And he said, I've learned to be content in all circumstances. And yet the cry of Paul was that, you know, what, whatever I've done before, I was the Jew of Jews. I was the teacher of teachers. I was all this stuff. And yet I consider it dung for the sake of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. And that's a strange word, isn't it? I consider it dung. It's probably, maybe it was used somewhere in the last, in my life, because I've heard people call poop dung. But there was a dung gate. There was a dung gate in the walls of Jerusalem where they, where they rebuilt the wall. One of the gates was the dung gate. It's where the stuff was taken out. And, you know, what Paul was saying, I repent of anything that would stop me from knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. And we do need to go to the dung gates. We need to get rid of stuff. And there are times, you know, that when, there's, when it's heightened, when there's lots of stuff, but there's still stuff because there's always more because God wants to lead us into the fullness of what Christ purchased for us at Calvary. We don't want just 50% of it. We don't just want 70% of it. Part of the problem with the church in our nation is that we're complacent. We are so apathetic. She'll be right, mate. She won't be right, mate. God is looking for, well, well it will be right in Christ, if you know what I mean. But he's looking for people who will believe him and stand up as kingdom men and women for such a time as this. And I want to continue to encourage you to stand up as men and women of God. The world is looking for people who have truth, who have values. And yes, some may spit at us. And yes, some may call us names. But the bulk of, the, the bulk of our nation is looking for a people who, who have conviction of spirit and will stand up and walk out what they believe. And so God is aligning us. And there's a breath of the Spirit, and I want to encourage you in your own times, in your own families, in your own households, to just sit under the presence of God. Sit in the presence of God and allow the Spirit of God to breathe upon the coals of your heart and let the fire burn. Not just simmer, but burn. Burn. So about prayer, 
I want to just talk for a couple of minutes about prayer and a couple of minutes about worship. We want to turn firstly to Matthew chapter 6, which in most Bibles it's entitled the Lord's Prayer. But it's actually the disciples' prayer. Jesus taught them to pray it. And it's on the back of verses 5, where we're not to be like hypocrites, parading ourselves before people. We're not to babble with many, many words. But people have taken that the wrong way. You know, I think I've said before that I've seen people go, oh, I don't do public prayer because of those verses. That is not what it's saying. It, it's talking about our heart. Am I up on the corner? Am I up on the corner, you know, doing my thing before people because I want people to look at me? Or am I doing my thing because I want, because I'm giving God all the glory and I want people to know Him? It's about our heart, isn't it? But yes, we don't need to babble with many words. Because, you know, Jesus just said, be healed. Your faith has made you well. And I don't know about you, but I, that's, that's where I want to get to. That's where I want to get to. Anyway, he says, therefore. So that's why we have to talk about what was the, just before it. You should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, or your name be honoured as holy. Just, just think, there, there are so many aspects to prayer, isn't there? Prayer is intimacy. Prayer is about intimacy. Prayer is about communicating because God is not a, a distant God. He's a present God. We're not in a religion. We're in a relationship. The kingdom of God is relational. So prayer is about intimacy. It's about relationship. Is there an amen to that? It's about, it's about intercession. God is looking for people who will intercede and to pray into things. Is there an amen to that? It's about petition. Sometimes we've got to knock and we've got to keep on knocking until. I was talking to someone before, you know, and that word until is so important. And that's why when people are, are sick, even if, even if they're in stage four cancer, we will continue to pray until. We will not stop until. David was like that. He wouldn't stop until. And we, sometimes we give up too quickly. Sometimes we need to persist in some things, don't we, to see the breakthrough. Persistence is not in our society. People don't persist very, very well anymore. Just look at the sporting teams. You know, being a soccer coach, coaching, you know, Sporting teams, so many people give up when the going gets tough because we haven't learned to persevere. We haven't learned to persist. And I believe that God is wanting to do that in the church. He's wanting to bring a perseverance in us, a tenacity in us that we don't stop even when. Is there an amen? And there's also warfare. There's warfare prayer. There's all kinds of different types of prayer. But I want to just focus on this, these words today. Our Father in heaven. He loves you so much. The Father gave His only Son. His only Son. He gave everything that He had for you. 
Sometimes we just need to be reminded that we're not talking to a robot. We're not just speaking to some impersonal force, but it's our Father, our Papa. Your name be honoured as holy. All glory is yours. All honour is yours. It's all yours. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's your plans. It's your purposes. It's not us. It's not our desires anymore. It's not our wants. It's you. It's your kingdom come. It's your will be done. Whatever is allowed on heaven, in heaven is allowed on earth. And we are standing for the kingdom of God. And when we see stuff that doesn't align with heaven, we say no to it. And when we see stuff that does align with heaven, we say yes to it. Is there an amen? It is his kingdom come. It's not the kingdom of denominations. It's, it's not the empire of man. It is his kingdom come. Because if we all got on the same page with his kingdom come, he would bring his order into the church in Bundaberg. Not a denominational order, not an empire order, not a man's religion order, but he would bring his order. And we would see the true apostles arise. We would see the true prophets, the evangelists and pastors and teachers. We, we would see God begin to do these things and we would see his order begin to come into the church. There would be no more competition, well, hopefully. There would be no jealousy. There'd be no more gossip. There'd be no more backbiting because he would bring his order. We see that in the early church. We see that throughout the New Testament, although Paul sometimes had to remind them, you know, to make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit, to love one another as Christ has loved you, he sometimes had to remind them, but it was his kingdom order. That is what will see his city changed as the body of Christ really becomes the body of Christ, not dismembered in many parts. Is there an amen to that? We can only do that if it's hallowed be your name. Your name be honoured as holy. It goes on to say in verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. There's a dependence upon God right there, isn't there? There is a dependence. Give us this day fresh manna. Just as he gave his people fresh manna in the wilderness, give us this day our daily bread. He is faithful to give us everything that we need. The problem is the world tries to make us so busy that we become self-reliant. The world wants to make you self-reliant. Wants to make us self-reliant in every way. But yet when we see in the early church when the love of God was being shed abroad into their hearts, no one even um, called their possessions as their own, but they shared with each other. We have this self-sufficiency where we need to drop and we need to come and we need to become dependent upon the Lord. As we forgive our debts, oh, sorry, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Forgive us our sins as we've also forgiven those who sinned against us. Forgive our trespasses as we've also forgiven those who've trespassed against us. There is such a humility right there. 
There's not just a dependence in the verse before, but there's such a humility. Such a humility. Do not lead us into temptation, into anything that would tempt us, but deliver us from evil. To keep your eyes on Jesus is so important because he's not going to lead you there because he's a good God, he's a good father. Sometimes things happen because we've taken our eyes off Jesus. Other things have gotten in the way. We need to keep our eyes fixed upon Jesus, don't we? I really feel in my spirit as I was been praying myself this week, I want to encourage you to pray. I want you to encourage, I want to encourage you to get into that verse of, those verses of scripture for yourself and dig out the diamonds, dig out the jewels that are in there. But, uh, but you know, we are a praying people, and yet I feel God is saying there is so much more for us. Jesus said, My house will be a house of prayer for all nations. When we come together, you know, we worship through song for for 30 minutes or 40 minutes or whatever it happens to be. What if we had 30 to 40 minutes of prayer where we just all crying out to God? It's not just one person doing the praying for us and we're saying amen to it. It is each one of us crying out to God. That's what we saw in the early church. That's what we saw with the move of the Holy Spirit. People became desperate, desperate for God, desperate for His plans, desperate for His purposes. Is there an amen to that? You know, when Yongi Cho was asked what the secret to church growth was. He said prayer. And they said, and, and what? Uh, prayer. Uh, and what? Uh, prayer. Prayer. You see, prayer is, pay, prayer, part of prayer is a dependency upon God. I can't handle this, but you can. I can't fix this, but you can. You know my every need even before I know it myself. That's why prayer is the number one church growth method. Because we come into alignment. As we pray and as we seek his face, we come into alignment. I want to encourage anyone who owns a business. I want to encourage anyone who's in some form of, you know, all that kind of stuff. Pray. Pray over your business. Pray over it. Keep praying. Get some other people. Pray. Pray. You know, I was so encouraged that I saw in Melbourne during the week that there was, all, there was an all-night prayer, prayer meeting that was happening. Come on. It's when those kind of things start happening that we start to realize that we really need God. we have to realize that our place of prayer is from heaven to earth, not earth to heaven. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places, amen. That's where we pray from. The Word of God says we can come boldly before His throne of grace to find help in our time of need. We can come boldly, come boldly. Pray some bold prayers. Allow the Spirit of God to seed something in you and sow some bold prayers. We need to be praying bold prayers. God wants to open us up in prayer so much more. He's asking us in our prayer life to stand. His plans, His purposes, His order. Pray for one another. 
If you don't know what to pray, pray in the Spirit. I'm always, I'm always, well, I'm not surprised, but every time I hear a teaching on the armor of God, they're always leaving out praying in the Spirit. They talk about the six, the other six parts about the armor of God, the belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, shoes shod with peace, helmet of salvation, the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit, and they leave it there. But six is the number of man. Six is incomplete. What's the seventh part? Pray in the Spirit on all occasions and with every prayer. You see, the enemy doesn't want the church praying in the Spirit. I grew up in church where tongues was of the, was of the devil. Tongues was gone. You don't pray in tongues. And God had to do a number on me to actually realize from Scripture, yes, tongues is valid. We need to pray in the Spirit. There are some times that we don't know what to pray. So we just need to do some We need to get a little bit warring in our prayer life. Sometimes when you pray in tongues, it is actually another language that someone can understand. And sometimes it's an angelic language that no one can understand. Not even the enemy. That's why it's part of our weaponry, because even the enemy cannot understand what we are saying. How good is that? Let's reclaim the gift of tongues. Let's reclaim praying in the Holy Ghost. Let's reclaim true Pentecostal Christianity, and not just parts of it. Eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you would prophesy. Let's go after prophecy. Let's go after more healing. Let's go after miracles. Let's go after signs and wonders. Let's go after these things. Because you know why? Because none of that can be us. It can only be him and he will get all the glory. We never want to be in a place where we can manage it all by ourselves. Because then we'll just get back into religion. The second part I want to share quickly is about worship. It is about the position of our hearts. I don't sing the words on the screen because the words are on the screen. But I look at Jesus through the words. Praise is a highway. To the throne of God. Praise is a highway to the heart of God. Praise is a highway to the move of God. If you feel yourself standing before a screen and going, Praise is a highway. Say, Holy Spirit, breathe. 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 Breathe on the coals of my heart. Breathe. I realize you're not my first love. I realize that I'm not where I should be. I realize that there's other stuff that's got in that is, that is in my heart. I need you. When we sing, I need you more, more than yesterday, we just don't, I need you more, yeah. I need you more. It's the position of our heart before the one who gave his life for us. I need you more. Because the Word of God says, keep being filled with the Spirit. It's not just a once-off thing that happens, but it's a continual thing. Keep being filled with the Spirit. I need you more. It becomes a song of desperation. I need you more. I'm not content with where I am. I'm not content with where we are. I'm not content with where Bundaberg is. God, I need you more. But it comes from the position of our heart. 
And that's why we can worship through a song, which, was, which is what we're going to be doing in heaven. A couple of weeks ago, I said, if you don't know what to do in free worship, if you don't know what to sing in free worship, just start joining with heaven. What does heaven say? Holy, worthy, hallelujah, hallelujah, worthy is the Lamb. Just join with heaven. You don't have to sing in tune either. Just let the noise out because it says make a joyful noise to the Lord. I could try and sing off key, but I don't know whether I could. That's not a boasting thing. I just, I can't. I'm like, I don't know how to do it. It's like foreign. But just make a noise. If someone's not too embarrassed who can't sing, just make a joyful noise. Lead us in worship. Because it's not whether we can sing, it's the heart. I would rather have someone who cannot sing pitch perfect but carries the heart for Jesus and you will watch the anointing flow than someone who is absolutely musically perfect in every way but has no heart. There are churches in Australia and America that are hiring musicians who are not even Christians to be part of their worship teams. How can that be so? Where have we got to that our music has to be so professional that if we don't have someone, we'll pay someone? That's why in your worship, you can worship when you're driving the car. You you can worship while you're washing the dishes. You can worship while you're watering your garden. You can worship at the table when your family is sitting around eating dinner together because your heart is positioned toward the one. Who gave it all? Let's join with heaven. Let's join with heaven. David was such a mighty man of God. We, we, we remember David for the battle with Goliath. We remember the verses about the lion and the bear. We remember how he took down the Philistines, how he defeated all the nations. That's why he couldn't build the temple because of the bloodshed through his life. We remember everything. But do we understand that he was one one of, I won't say the most, don't want to go there. One of the people in Scripture who were known as worshippers. So much so, even Saul recognised this. Saul was being tormented by an evil spirit, but, but whenever David started to worship the Lord, the evil spirit left him. Wow. He was such a worshipper. He was such a worshipper. The reason he was such a warrior 
And the reason that he, that he became king, a man after God's own heart, was because he was a worshipper. And I want to say to you today, don't seek to do great things for God until you get the worship down pat. It'd probably come out the wrong way. But you know what I'm saying? We so want the big stuff. We want the big things. We want all this stuff. Be a worshipper. Be a worshipper. Here. With your family. In your homes. In your businesses. The way that you engage with other people. Be a worshipper. Exalt Jesus. And you will see yourself even treating other people differently. Let's be worshippers. When the music fades, all is stripped away. And I simply come. So does he have all of us? Does he have all of us? You guys want to come up? You know, you just, like, I think the enemy just wants to distract us. I think the enemy wants to distract us. Because he knows what happens when we keep our eyes fixed upon him, upon the Lord. Even in heaven, even in heaven, Here are some verses, Revelation chapter 6, verses 8 to 14. When he took the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp and golden bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they began to sing a new song. You are worthy to take the scrolls. You are worthy to open its seals because you were slaughtered and you purchased a people for God by your blood from every tribe and every language and every people and every nation. And you made them a kingdom and a priesthood unto our God. And they will reign on earth. Yes, Jesus is coming back for a bride who made herself ready. But my question is, why can't we demonstrate the kingdom of God, the reign on earth while we're waiting for him to come? Why does the enemy have to get all the glory? Why does all this other stuff have to happen? Why can't we stand as the people of God? That we, we, we can only have such a faith. We can only have such a faith when our eyes are fixed upon the Lord. Because as soon as our eyes go onto the things of this world, we lose hope. I'm just going to hold on and I hope I'm going to be saved when Jesus comes back. But when we fix our eyes upon the Lord... There is a bold faith that begins to rise in us. And I looked and I heard the voice of many angels all around the throne and living creatures and the elders and their numbers were countless thousands plus thousands of thousands. And they said with a loud voice, and forgive me if I get loud, but it's scriptural, worthy is the lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and everything in them say, Blessing and honour and glory and power be to the one on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. And they said, 
And the elders bowed down and worshipped. Does he have all of us? Does he have all of our attention? Does he have it all? Today, we're going to be blessed with this song that a friend played for a few of us at advance, but I just had to put it on repeat and repeat and repeat. Do you believe that God can break through in your life? Do you believe He can break through in your circumstances? Do you believe He's the God of the breakthrough, that He's the God of the turnaround? Do you believe that He makes a way where there seems to be no way? There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. I ask you to close your eyes. Forget about everything else around you. Close your eyes. Let the stress go out of your body. Let worry go out. Let fear go out. Let anxiety go out. Let it, let it go. And receive.
places would change. I pray that the fear inside would flee in Jesus' name. I pray that a breakthrough, yes, would happen today. I pray miracles over your life in Jesus' name. I pray for revival, for restoration of faith. I pray that the that prayer and worship are keys in the kingdom of God is because it, it's all God-directed. Our focus is on Him. Our attention is on Him. The things of this world become strangely dim because He has our attention in prayer. He has our attention in worship. And He's looking for a people who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. And I, I don't know about you, but I want to say, as for me and my house, we will worship the Lord. Amen. Is that you today? Will you, will you make that declaration over your household today? Will you stand for Jesus today and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord? We will serve the Lord. What has been has been. What has happened has happened. Whether it was yesterday, whether it was 10 years ago, whether it was 20 years ago, whatever the, the situation, but I'm going to stand today and I'm going to, and I'm going to, men of God, I want to encourage you to stand. I want to encourage you to stand and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Women of God, I want to encourage you to stand and say, as for me and my house, we will worship the Lord. Our young people, our children, don't wait till you're 30. Don't wait till you're 40. Don't wait till you're 50. But make the, make the decision today. As for me and my house, I'm going to worship the Lord. I'm going to worship Him. We're going to be a people of prayer. We're not going to be self-reliant. We're not going to be looking to our own strength. It's not by might. It's not by power. It is by the Spirit of God. But we want to stand. We want to jump into the river and say, God, we're all in. Maybe you need to say that over yourself. If you can. God, I'm all in. I'm all in, God. Pray for your healing. Pray for your healing. That's you. Would happen today. Miracles. I pray miracles over your life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Come on, let's just begin to worship. Come on. Just begin to worship him. Just begin to worship Him. Sing a song. If you don't know what to sing, just sing holy. Sing worthy. Whatever it happens to be, just worship Him. Just worship Him.
and all the glory. God, we want to thank you this morning 
for the testimonies of healing, the testimonies of grace, the testimonies. We thank you for what you are doing, O oh God. Lord, we simply say, according to your word, Lord, glorify your name. We've seen it before. Do it again. Glorify your name. Glorify your name that men and women and children in Bundaberg would testify. Look what the Lord has done. He has done great things for us. He has done great things. Amen. If you need prayer for anything, you feel like anything's stirring in your heart for healing, for breakthrough, for provision, whatever needs, please come and people will pray with you today. Don't forget the baptisms at 3 o'clock at Rossellini Street, 15 Matton Brooks. And tonight we're here to worship the one who gave it all for us. But if you need prayer, please come. We worship you, God. We worship you, Jesus. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Oh. Jesus name Jesus name Jesus name